Welcome to episode number six of the Four Seasons Podcast. My name is Mike Oliver. And I'm Rachel Oliver. Happy Halloween, everybody. This is something I've been looking forward to for a long time. I'm very excited about today's episode. This episode, I think we've done more prep on than any other episode we've done so far. Yep. I, I just can't wait. I'm so happy we've had uh, several new people tell us that they're listening to the podcast. We've gotten a lot of feedback. Yep. People are giving us a lot of good information to help mm-hmm. us make the podcast better. We're getting um, listener interactions still. We're getting emails. We're getting all of that. Yeah. And some of our feedback we've been able to implement today. Yeah. <laughs> it yes. turns out somebody mentioned to us that Rachel sounds quite a bit quieter mm-hmm. than I do. And today... Not, not besides Mike's voice is already loud, but... <laughs> I'm really loud. That's also something they say. Watch how excited you get, because when you get excited, ooh, volume goes way up. Yes. So... When I get excited, I'm going to try to lean back. <laughs> but they did also say that Rachel is a lot quieter. And they said, I don't know if it's she doesn't have enough confidence or she's not really sure about what she's going to say. It's none of that. She has plenty of confidence. She works really hard on prep, I will say. And everybody should know Rachel does pretty much all the editing for the show. Mm-hmm. She puts in the cut music. She works so hard. Um, one thing she is not good at is turning her microphone the right way. Yes. (laughs) So hopefully, and if you guys, please, if you notice a difference, please send us an email. And where can they send that email at? The four seasons pod at gmail.com. So that's that email that you guys can reach us at. And one more time, hit me with it. The four seasons pod at gmail.com. So let us know. Let us know if. Rachel turning her microphone the right way has made a big difference in the sound quality of her voice. Oopsie. I hope so. (laughs) Um, With that out of the way, should we go ahead and move into our first segment? We sure can. Okay, now let's step into the sports world recap. Let's. To start the sports world recap... Oh. <laughs> recap one thing I want to say is Rachel and I have kind of discussed and again this is us growing and evolving what we've decided is we don't need to just tell you the scores in sports you guys are capable of looking up box scores if you really want to know who's winning who's losing what we're going to try to focus on is either the big bullet points or some of the more interesting... Informational. Like the sidebars. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, the first thing that I want to recap is, I don't know if you saw this um, during Sunday's, last Sunday's games, mm-hmm. but Tom Brady threw his 600 touchdown pass. Oh, okay. Uh, regular season. Yeah. I don't know why they don't... They need to include all stats, but they s- somehow separate regular season and playoffs. So I think if you add Tom Brady's playoff stats, he's got 700-something touchdowns. Regardless, he throws a 600-touchdown pass of his career regular season to Mike Evans. Mike Evans then takes the ball, goes and hands it to a fan in the stands who's got a Mike Evans jersey on. Okay. So, and then they go and ask ask the guy for the ball back. And he and says he no. Just, and he gives it back. Oh, he does? Yeah, he oh, gives okay. it back. Okay. And people are kind of getting on this guy right away because they were like, this ball will sell for between five hundred dollars to $750,000 at auction, and he just yeah. gave it back. And I kind of thought, me, myself, as a fan, I probably would have done the same thing in, in the mm-hmm. moment. You don't think about, I, at least I wouldn't, like, oh, my gosh, I have, I'm holding a house. This is a house in my hand. I just want. I'm a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. I want. I want them to think I'm cool. I want Tom Brady and Mike Evans to think I'm cool. Here you go. Here's the ball back. A little later on, kind of turns out like, oh, maybe that wasn't such a good decision. 
So he trades the ball back originally. I believe the only thing he got was a signed Tom Brady jersey. Mm. Which, I mean, yeah. no? Oh, okay. I don't know. I feel like you can buy even Tom Brady anymore. Like, these guys will go to warehouses and just sit down and autograph things for hours. Okay. I you guess that's probably true. probably buy a Tom Brady Tom Brady's one of the most elite. You could probably still buy a Tom Brady autograph jersey for like two or three hundred dollars. Okay, fair. Um, so he, I think social media played a big part, kind of pressuring. After all is said and done, they go back and forth. This is what he ended up getting for the ball. He ended up getting two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats. Game cleats, excuse me. A thousand dollars to the Bucks team store, and two season tickets for the 2021 and 2022 season, and one Bitcoin. What? And I still think he's getting a little bit ripped off. Holy cow! That's dang. I don't know. One Bitcoin. I think at the time of recording, Bitcoin is worth. Roughly $60,000. Yeah. Two season tickets. I don't know where the seats are at. He was obviously in the front row, so mm-hmm. he handed him the ball. If it's in the same spot... A good few thousand. Well, yeah, so you... But you add all those up, and I didn't do the math on it, but let's just say... Well, plus the $1,000 to the Buccaneers store. Yeah. I mean, that I stuff gets... Estimate. At most, this stuff is worth $120,000. Yeah. If he had taken that ball and negotiated harder, he could have gotten $500,000. Yeah, but I would have still just been happy with what he got. (laughs) Let alone that one Bitcoin. I don't, you know, season tickets, go, you know. (laughs) I just feel like, I don't know how much Mike Evans is worth. I did look up Tom Brady's net worth. Tom Brady's worth $270 million. Jeez. And I think that's just him by himself. That doesn't include his wife, Giselle Bunchen, who's... Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Bunchen. Uh, Bunchen. I don't know. Bunchen. <laughs> She's a supermodel, a Victoria's Secret supermodel. You can't... Yeah. Um, I mean, unless they did it quietly, like, hush-hush, like, hey, I don't want to make you look bad, but come on, man. Yeah. Slide me. It's just know. crazy. Anyway. I would push for more. <laughs> I guess the bad thing is, is he didn't think about it. He handed the ball back, and then he started negotiating after the fact, which is what mm. Tom Brady said. At that point, you have no leverage. You already gave back the thing that he's trying to get. Yeah. Well, again, I, me personally, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good package. But you know, it's but. more than what you would have left with if you hadn't gotten handed that ball. Yeah. I guess. In my head, I'm a thinker, and I I think about what could have been versus what was. True. But it's a great story, though. It is for him. I mean, for for that guy, for the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady is just another. Just a little penny out of his pocket. Yeah. Well, all, <laughs> not all even his and pocket. Just the achievement, like he, you know, he's all about rings. Yeah. Um. Moving on, the other thing I wanted to talk about was during the World Series. So, the Braves took game one. The Astros have since won game two. So, the series is tied 1-1. It's heading back to Atlanta. Isn't the game tonight? Is it tonight? As we're recording? I thought game three was tonight. Unless I saw someone in preparation of game three. Well... Sorry, we are recording this on Thursday, October 28th, in it, case we did not say that. It is tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. It is tomorrow. Okay. So. My information is false. I'm sorry. You're fine. But <laughs> the Brave starting pitcher, Charlie Morton. Okay. Has been their ace, their stud this year. He's been pitching great. They were dealt a little bit of a blow. They lost him for the rest of the postseason. Mm-mm. But what happened is wild. So he takes a 102-mile-an-hour line drive off of his leg, mm. breaks his leg. Ooh. His tibia, fibia, 
Lou's tibia, not a doctor. I feel that. I just played one on TV. <laughs> so, the thing is, is he gets hit, kind of like, oh, that, you know, yeah. sh- shakes it off. Uh, finishes, so I think, that also on the play that he got hit, they got the out. So he throws 10 more pitches in that inning. What? And then, he sits down, you know, mm-hmm. during the, during the Braves at bat. Okay. Goes back in the game, throws six more pitches. Uh, the last two were a 96-mile-per-hour fastball and then a 80-mile-per-hour curveball to strike out Jose Altuve. Jeez. Now, the thing about pitchers is... Oh, and it was his uh, his right leg. I believe it was his right leg. I believe he was a right-handed pitcher. Okay. So... That's the leg... That you step out on. That you use to push off on the rubber. Yeah. So... I guess, yeah. That's the leg that... That's where you really get your power from. Mm-hmm. When you're stepping and releasing. All, a lot of that power comes from that leg. So you're putting a ton of pressure on that leg to push, to make that throw. So he threw 16 pitches. Jeez. Just standing out over alone. But the force and the velocity you have to create to be a major league pitcher to do it 16 times on a broken leg that is that's gangster wild okay so now here here's a little question for you okay what do you think is the best postseason injury between that or the bloody sock (laughs) that's a great question and this annoyed me just a little bit, because he did, Charlie Morton came out and kind of, I'm sure you saw him, that's why you're asking. Mm-mm. Oh, well, he, he trashed Dr. Kirchner. Like, oh, okay. I was on a broken leg. He had a little scratch. Like, mm. no, sir. Do your research. The Watch Four Days in October. Great documentary, by the way. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Kirchner had full-on barbaric medieval surgery. On a tendon in his foot. Mm-hmm. They showed it was a, they showed the video in the like the home video from the guys in the clubhouse. They cut him open. That was that wasn't a scratch. Yeah, that was full on surgery. Okay. FYI, tendons take six to eight weeks to heal. I know that personally right now. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Is a certified MA. No. Just saying. Well, I'm just saying. Also, my tendon was just uh, severed. Also, so that's true. <laughs> We're getting into the Halloween spirit, so yeah. might as well. <laughs> so I don't want to take anything away from Charlie Morton because I think that's absolutely incredible. To do that on a broken leg, I don't. most people couldn't even stand on no. after they broke their leg to go out and do that. That's great. Don't knock Kurt Schilling. I'm probably a little biased being mm-hmm. a Red Sox fan. I would say a little bit more gutsy to Bloody Sox just because he threw... I believe he threw six, six and a third. Now so. the now the bloody sock was the same game, right? So they or was it that he got it fixed before the game? He had it done before the game, so he okay. had, or injured it earlier in the postseason. It was really bothering him. They did some quick, like I said, barbaric sur- yeah. s- quote unquote surgery on it, mm-hmm. just to get him healed up enough to go out there and pitch, pitching on the road. In Yankee Stadium. Braves are on the road yeah. too, but I think Yankee Stadium as a Red Sox player versus Minute Maid Park as a Braves player, a little <laughs> bit different. Not taking anything away from Char- Charlie Morton. Don't rag on Kurt Schilling. Don't diss the Bloody Sock game. So you're saying Bloody Sock? Yes. Is more? Yes. Okay. okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. So, uh, that's all I got for the sports recap. Okay. Play the cut music. Okay, so now on to this week's Fat Five. I know you're very excited. Yes. So, I will let you start. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. This Fat Five is one I've been thinking about. I think since we've 
recorded our first episode. Yeah, I've been I've been really excited about this one. I think the thing I like about most most about this one. Uh, first, let me start with what gave me the idea. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned in the previous episode, I love playing that in Ultimate Team. Yeah. They release cards, you buy the cards in the game, and then you use the players and play. It's a lot of fun. Every Halloween, they come out with their most feared series. Okay. And so they do really cool card art, and they feature the most feared players in the NFL, and you can buy those cards. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. So I thought what we should do is for our Fab Five, we should talk about our five scariest athletes. Now, the one thing I really like about this topic is Mm -hmm. how philosophical it is and how deep we go into it. Because when you and I discuss the list, Mm -hmm. and also when we put it out there and we listen to some people's responses, it's really interesting to see, what is your definition of scary? Mm -hmm. Once you hear my list, you're going to kind of understand, oh, Mike's idea of scary is physical violence. (laughs) Um, one person we got, would you read that comment actually for me? Yes. So we got a comment on our social media Facebook page that someone said, Mariano Rivera, uh, he said, hated seeing him come in as a Red Sox fan. And I, I thought that was a great answer. That's not somebody I thought of for my list, but it's like I said, going back to that philosophical thing, what scares you? Well, being a Red Sox fan, and I actually, I level with this, so I agree. Mm-hmm. When you're down in the eighth inning, the ninth inning, and you see the Yankees are starting to get Mariano Rivera loose, you're going, oh, I'm trying not to switch. Oh, like, <laughs> Mariano's warming up. Yeah. We're cooked. We're done. Game over. And that's why, especially when they had that huge comeback in 2004, it was especially satisfying because they walked out, you know, they extended the game and had Mariano blew a couple of saves, Mm -hmm. which is not something he does. So it was that much more sad, you know, it was that much more satisfying. Anyway, so uh, without further ado, I will get us started on our Fab Five. And Mm -hmm. I would also like to say, we have created a little wrinkle in the Fab Five. Yes. This was inspired by Rachel's indecision. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Now, as I mentioned before, the Fab Five is based on the Michigan Fab Five, whose names I still have not <laughs> researched. You know them. You got Google. Look them up. Email us at the Four Seasons Pod at gmail.com. And remind me to tell everybody who the entire Fab Five are. <laughs> but another thing you may or may not know as a sports fan is the NBA every year hands out an award. For the best bench player in the league, the best player who's not in the starting lineup but contributes beats to their team, mm-hmm. that is the Sixth Man of the Year Award. Okay. So what we have introduced is when you're having a little bit of trouble and you can't narrow your list down to five, we're going to allow you to call on your sixth man. Okay. With this list, I brought in a sixth man or a sixth Whoa, man. Mm. Number six, scariest athlete, Serena Williams. Okay. Now, I would like to point out this really shows what a scary athlete she is. I don't even like tennis. <laughs> it, it does not interest me at all. I would never sit and watch a tennis match. I know almost nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I know how dominant Serena Williams was. She's a little bit older now, so mm-hmm. she's not quite as dominant as she used to be. She's still very muscular, though. Oh, yeah. she's she's terrifying <laughs> when she, you know, the forehand, backhand, and ripped. Yeah, those muscles ripple. It's it's scary. Um, Serena Williams has a career record of um, eight hundred and fifty-five and one hundred and fifty-two. Um, so. Her career win percentage hovers just a smidge below 85%. Yeah. For somebody to win 85% of the time... That's pretty darn impressive. You know what it is? What? It's scary. (laughs) Um, Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. 73 career titles. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, 
absolutely dominant. Just an absolute beast. And like I said, I think it really points to that me, if you ask anybody on the street who's not not a tennis fan, mm-hmm. hey, can you name me one tennis player? How many people would say Serena Williams? Probably most of them. Yeah. And I would also like, you know, I would point out, she dominates the women's game. I think she could also definitely beat probably most of the men, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very scary. Agree. Moving into my actual Fab Five. Okay. Number five, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson is scary because of how, of what a specimen he is, basically. Mm-hmm. Nobody has ever been able to play two professional sports at the level he did. He is a pro bowler in football. Mm-hmm. He was in, you know, made the all-star game in baseball. Ba- baseball. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. He ate a lot of meatballs. And this is actually interesting. I mentioned another, I'm going to mention another documentary. It's called Bonos. If you haven't checked it out, you know, look it up, watch mm-hmm. it. It's fantastic. You'll learn so much about who Bo Jackson is as not only as an athlete, but as a person. Mm-hmm. He was he was making one of my most favorite athletes of all time after watching this. Bo Jackson was attending Auburn University. Um, the year he was going to come out, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the first overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to pick him. So they had arranged to have him out for a visit to check out the team facility, the stadium, all that stuff. Yeah. And Bo Jackson said, all right, well, is this okay? Is it going to be okay with the NCAA? And the Buccaneers said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. We got it all clear. Goes on the trip, comes back. It's during baseball season. And, again, Bo Jackson is a great running back, and he's also a... But he was trying to pursue his baseball career he was at just that time. Or, okay. He, now, he was talented enough to go pro, obviously, mm-hmm. but he was expecting to play football. But what happened is, is he loved, he just loved the games and he wanted mm-hmm. to play. Turns out Tampa Bay had not done their homework and the trip he went on was in violation of the NCAA rules. Mm-hmm. So it made him ineligible for the rest of his baseball season. And he was livid. He was absolutely yeah. livid. He told the Buccaneers, do not pick me because I will not play for you. Yeah. They pick him and he says, that's fine, I'll go play baseball. And that's what he does. And that's kind of how it got started because he started playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And then the Raiders ended up picking him in like the supplemental draft. And so he ended up playing both. Uh, really disappointing. He had a hip injury, kind of a freak accident mm-hmm. that if it happened today, it probably would have not really affected him as much as it did back then. Yeah. Totally threw his career off the rails. So we don't really know what he could have been. Mm-hmm. But as far as pure athletes go, he's the greatest of all time. Very scary. Okay. Number four, Gordy Howe. Uh, Gordy Fowle, through his career... Oh, by the way, his career standard spanned from 1946-47 season all the way to 1980. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he, dang. He retired in his 50s. Dang. Uh, he is commonly referred to as Mr. Hockey. He won four Stanley Cups. He was a 21 all-time, 21-time All-Star, 801 career goals, 1,049 career assists. And uh, because of him, they coined what they call the Gordy Howe hat trick. Which is where you score a goal, get an assist, and get in a fight in one game. Oh. Uh, I believe he was the scariest because one of how absolutely incredible he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, nickname was Mr. Hockey. Um, he was just that good, that dominant, and yet he still loved to be physical. Mm-hmm. He once fractured his skull trying to Ooh. check a player from another team. And as a matter of fact, he was so so dominant that um, the um, Wayne Gretzky actually talked about how during his rookie season Gordie Howe was playing against him he stole the puck from Gordie Howe Gordie Howe came up slashed him on the hand said he, Wayne Gretzky said I thought my thumb was broken and he said don't ever take that puck away from me again and Wayne Gretzky said okay the greatest hockey player to ever do it and was yeah. A little afraid of Gordie Howe. Yeah. Uh, number three, Lawrence Taylor. 142 career sacks. He was the 1986 NFL MVP. Only one of two NFL players to ever win the MVP as a defensive player. 
Uh, the other one, side note, Alan Page for the 1971 Minnesota Vikings. Their defensive line was known as the Purple People Eaters. <laughs> so happy Halloween. <laughs> that fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I thought, perfect. That, that is pretty perfect. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Taylor really changed the way teams played defense. He was one of the first ever to be a kind of a pure pass rusher. The player like you think about, like Von Miller, where all he really is expected to do is rush the passer. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a thing until Lawrence Taylor. Um, he was a vicious trash talker. He broke Joe Theismann's leg in half. Dang. Um, so that's why he was my scariest. Not only just as far as talent goes, but changed the position and was a cocaine demon. So. <laughs> oh, okay. There's nothing <laughs> quite as scary as seeing this crazed, coked up dog running at you full speed. Sure. Yeah. All right. Number two, Muhammad Ali. Okay. Career record of 56 and 5, 37 knockouts. And he is the father of Layla Ali, who went 24 0 in her professional boxing career. Jeez. So not only does he punch people hard, his daughter also he makes people <laughs> who punch people hard. Muhammad Ali was the original trash talker. That's something that really influenced me as far as who's scared because Muhammad Ali would beat you to a pulp, but he would also play the mind game. Mm-hmm. He would get into his opponent's head. Nobody had ever played sports and talked the way he talked. So, and... It was legendary. And this was before, obviously, before social media and the internet. Yeah. So the things that he would say that he was going to do to his opponents, and for them to hear about it, it's like... Okay. Okay. So, number two, Muhammad Ali, rest in peace. One of the greatest athletes of all time. Mm -hmm. And, of course, one of the scariest. (laughs) My number one scariest athlete, Mike Tyson. Okay. That understandable. Yeah, say what you will about him. Out of the ring, mm-hmm. which whatever. In the ring, absolute menace. Fifteen six career record. Forty four knockouts, two no decisions. A uh, bit of Amber Hoyfield's ear off during mm-hmm. the boxing match. Anybody <laughs> who would bite somebody else's ear off, Auto- automatically psychopath. just goes up to the list. <laughs> Before it became mainstream, he was one of the first people I can ever think of who got a face tattoo. Yeah. The, and then one of the other things that was really terrifying about Mike Tyson, and there's actually, I would like to say, there is a hilarious Key and Peele, uh, Key and Peele sketch mm-hmm. where they pretend they're Mike Tyson, and it kind of contributes to why you're afraid of him. He has this high-pitched voice. He has a lisp, and he talks so funny, mm-hmm. but he is just so straightforward about how he is going to murder you. Yeah. And that is absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. All right. I can just picture it. What I'm envisioning right now is the movie The Hangover. <laughs> yeah. You know, when he's... But now picture that guy right? in peak athletic shape. With and just two yeah. boxing gloves and, and just, him just looking at you and saying like, Hey, I'm a kicky head. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Very true. So that's my list. That's my fat five. Thank you for letting me go on so long. <laughs> like I said, the fat five up to this point that I have been looking forward to more than mm, any yes. other. Perfect for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And see. <laughs> There is still a second half to this, and that is your Fat Five. That is my Fat Five. Okay, so I went off of stats. Okay. So my number five Mm -hmm. is Kobe Bryant. Okay. So he had 18, so he was 18-time NBA All-Star in his 20-year career. Um, He was the league MVP in 2008, uh, two-time scoring champion. He earned 15 All-NBA selections. He averaged 25 points, uh, 5.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists in his uh, 1,346 regular season games. 
that doesn't talk about his postseason. Five Still. Five-time NBA champion. Five-time, yep. That's, so that's my number five. That's I cool. mean, Black Mambo. Black killer, Mambo. Killer mentality. Yep. So, you know, classic on that. My number four, Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah. he is really scary. <laughs> his um, ghost his was ghost. terrifying. In the same lot. Yeah, it haunted for <laughs> many a year. But I'm sorry, go ahead. You're, you're good. Um, his career spanned over 22 seasons. His batting average is .342. So, you know, anything in the 300s is good for people who didn't know that. Um, he had 404, sorry, 714 home runs. Two more before that... Um, who had the most home runs were Barry Bonds and Hank Aaron. So Barry Bonds had 762 home runs. Hank Aaron had 755. But Babe Ruth did those without a little extra help. <laughs> oh, Rachel from the top row. <laughs> so, um, well, I'm not going to say the word, but it starts with an S. Yeah. And ends with steroids. <laughs> But um, his runs batted in were two thousand two hundred and thirteen, um, and he earned and his earned run average is two point two eight. Um, he was also a twelve-time home run leader. So I like how you touch on too that a lot of people remember Babe Ruth as, of course, the Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. But he also was. <laughs> A pretty great picture too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was my number four. Yeah. My number three, Michael Phelps. Very good. I like that one. Yeah. So, he has a total of two. Uh, sorry, t- um, twenty-eight Olympic medals. Twenty-three of them are gold. Um, he has won eighty-two medals in the major international long course competitions. Sixty-five of those were gold. Fourteen silver. Three bronze. Ooh. He started at the age of 15. Just think about that. <laughs> we were dating then. We just started dating then. When we were 15. Now we're Michael Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> so he started at the age of 15. He is the youngest to um, he is the youngest to make since Ralph Flanagan in 1932 to make the U.S. Olympic team in 68 years in 2000. Um, in 2001, at the World Aquatic Champions or Championship, he broke the world record in the 200-meter butterfly to become, at the age of 15 years and nine months, air quotes, the youngest male to ever set the world record in swimming. Impressive. <laughs> I mean, terrifying. <laughs> I mean, just watching him in the Olympics, though. Like, everyone knew Michael Phelps. Like, you just, you just know. Him and him too, along with Kobe Bryant, you would see sometimes the camera would focus in on him and they would just have this death glare. Yeah. And he would know, oh, game over. Right? You're like, I'm done. That's the mentality of a killer. So to go off the Olympic, my number two, and we've talked about this person before, mm-hmm. Simone Biles. Yes. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. we did get a comment. We got to cast that wide net. We're going to keep asking. Simone, we asked you to be on the show already. Understandably, very busy person. I get it. But I would love to speak with you. Yeah. So hit us up at the Four Seasons Pod at gmail.com. Yes. Or any of your teammates. Yeah. Or anybody else that we've mentioned on this list. Mike Tyson, not you. You're you're too scary. So anyway, Simone Biles, she started at the age of fourteen in the year two thousand eleven. Uh, she, so she started then two years later, she claimed her first world championship. She won eight gold medals at worlds, um, which were in 2014 and 2015 before going on to Rio where she then placed gold. And then in 2017, she took a small little sabbatical and then she came back and won seven more individual golds. At that, at that 18, 2018, 2019 worlds. Like. Seven golds. Seven golds. You got one for each day of the week. And, I mean, also though, look at those thighs. Like, holy cow. (laughs) 
you know, I mean, all gymnast- gymnasts have pretty solid thighs. But I don't know some of those skinny gymnasts <laughs> in other countries are probably watching her walk up like, oh no. But, I mean, those thighs have some powerhouse behind them. Those thighs could crush a watermelon. Exactly. In a good way, Simone. In There's case no you're such thing as crushing a thigh. <laughs> no, a I'm, I'm saying thigh. those thighs are powerful in a good way. Yes, absolutely. And coming in at number one, my number one, is Bo Jackson. So he played football and baseball like we talked about, but at the same time, and to me that's scary enough because it takes a lot of talent, time, commitment, everything. <laughs> there was no space in between either. He would finish baseball season, mm-hmm. so he would play until September or October or whatever, and then he would jump right into right into football. So, exactly. And then he was an all-star in both of those, not just one or the other. He was in both so to me that's pretty um he won the heinzman trophy in 1985 in 1986 after coming up from the aas he hit two home runs with 53 rbis and 10 stolen bases again that's just his you know the first game then coming into the coming in late to the season of his first nfl game was against the new england patriots in week eight He rushed for a total of 37 yards on eight carries. Week 12 against the Seahawks, Jackson rushed for, sorry, 221 yards and two touchdowns. Plus, I think he has some additional touchdowns in that. The 221 yards, side note for this, was the single game record for the Raiders at that time. And I believe that was the Monday night game they played in Seattle where they're going up against the Seahawks who drafted Brian Bosworth. Okay. Brian Bosworth's supposed to be this big-time stud. Mm-hmm. And there's a great moment where they run a, really it's like a pitch or a run outside, and Bo Jackson is one-on-one against Brian Bosworth and just runs him over. Okay. And Brian Bosworth, notorious steroid user. Yeah. So, I mean... So he was all hopped up on roids and Bo Jackson I mean, yes, like, you know, he was on your number five. But to me, like, an outsider, like, those numbers, honestly, I think are pretty good for just starting, you know, coming in week eight, you know, and then coming in from AA, the minor league, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um Double A's. Double A's. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's why it's like, okay. Bo Jackson did not have a drinking problem. No. Unless it was Gatorade. (laughs) So, anyways, but those numbers from coming in late are pretty impressive to me. And if I were to have to come up against him or face him, I'd be like, nope, sorry. I'm going to take that loss. It really really is pretty disappointing that that injury happened to him. Yeah. Because there's no telling what he could have done. No. And, uh, fun fact from I found out from that, Bo knows, he, after he hurt his hip, he had to have a total hip replacement. Ooh. In, like, his late 20s. Mm. Um, and then he, hit, he ended up later in his career playing for the White Sox. Hit a home run for the White Sox, and they said he was the only player to ever play baseball to hit a home run after having a total hip replacement. Mm. Which is... Impressive, you think. Yeah. Hip, hip replacement pretty much means you're mobile, right? Yeah. Not to mention the hip movement and the tor- torque, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to get power behind the ball. For him to do that with a... With a hip replacement? With a hip replacement, he's just a natural athlete. Yeah. And terrifying. <laughs> and that was our... Fab Five. Most feared. And now it is time for another Fab Five. It is our Halloween spooktacular. We're giving you all the content that you want. <laughs> Rachel, hit the thunder cue. Uh, we don't have a thunder cue, but I could go. That sounded so good. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. What is it? It's our Halloween spooktacular. We're hitting you. With our Fab Five, 
our five favorite Halloween themed movies. Dun, Rachel. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, why don't you go ahead and lead it off since I let off the last one? Okay. So, coming in at number five. Ghostbusters. Only number five. Only number five. Disrespectful. Go on. It's not just, it's still my top five. Yeah. I have other contenders, but I didn't do my, what's, what was our number? Your sixth man? My sixth man. I didn't do a sixth man because I was having a hard time choosing. <laughs> you have a hard time choosing your sixth man? Yep. So, number five, Ghostbusters. You would have gone to, you know, in football they call it the twelfth man. Yeah, so I know. the twelfth man. I know. Um, but it's the first one, the classic. Yes, absolutely. Not the second. No, hang on a second. It's yeah. fine. But. I am looking forward to the new one coming out. As I mentioned, as a but, mom. Can't wait. Okay, number four. Nightmare Before Christmas. I know this is a little controversial. Is it Christmas? Is it Halloween? It's a little... It, what it is, is it's fantastic marketing because it's double dipping. It is. And it's a classic for me. I love it. So, and that is my number four. Okay. Number three. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a guess? See, I want to say Hocus Pocus, but I feel that it's too far down. <laughs> It's Beetlejuice. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Again, just, I could sit and watch that all day. Not as much as my other ones, but still. Yeah. Beetlejuice is a, is a high contender for me. Number two, I think you might be surprised at this. Corpse Bride. No, not really. No? Oh, okay. You, you I, say let's watch Corpse Bride. <laughs> I love Tim Burton as clearly my list shows yeah because another sorry i guess my All sixth artsy, artsy girls love Tim <laughs> i guess i did in my list that i have written down mm-hmm. the top the name before my fifth so i guess my sixth man was edward scissors hand so, so you're kind of bringing out the sixth man i i guess if we're going off if i'm talking about tim burton stuff okay okay so, anyways, number two, my corpse bride. Okay. Number one, as you probably know, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. <laughs> I watch that, and I'm not kidding. It might can testify every day. Halloween <laughs> season in our house starts late July. Mm-hmm. I want to say I think we've been watching it since late July. If that. <laughs> yeah, it might have been the end of June. Yeah. Might have been May 1st. I don't know. Thanks, Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, we also have it on DVD, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But and as I mentioned before, it's not like you don't know it line by line. I don't. No. Not at all. So that that is my Fab Five of Halloween movies. Excellent. What would yours be? Kicking sure. off my Fab Five is The Haunted Mansion, coming in at number five. Okay. I kind of saw that coming. Yep. Underrated, I think. Or maybe properly rated, I don't know. It was in my now that, three, uh, three additional. No, no, no. <laughs> you, had, you had your six minutes. Okay, okay. You threw it in there. This is my list. Go on. Eddie Murphy, as I have told you, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy is under the radar, maybe one of my most favorite actors of all time. He is hilarious. I love him in this movie as I love him in... A lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. He's good. It's creepy, but not too creepy. Too creepy. Because I'm a big sissy. Uh, why, did you look at my or hear my list? Yeah, both, of our, <laughs> both, both of our lists are going to be just. We also live with two kids. Yeah, we. I shouldn't say live. We have kids. two kids. We're we're using them as scapegoats. The fact <laughs> that matters is we're both big sissies. Yeah, that's we don't true. Like anything scary. No, I try. But it doesn't work. (laughs) Number four, Hotel Transylvania. You do also really love that movie. I do. I love all three of them. Mm -hmm. And this is... I'm pretty much just saying the first one, but I think I love the second and third equally. Okay. Funny thing about this is I hated this Mm -hmm. for a long time. Really for no reason. 
Yeah. Other than I thought I was too cool to like Adam Sandler. <laughs> he had put out a lot of stinkers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Adam Sandler's overrated. No, I'm not even going to watch this. And then we finally sat down. I think it was really just last year. Yeah, I think because the boys kept watching it. Yeah. And I sat down and watched it. I love it. They're so good. I can't wait for the fourth one of that, mm-hmm. which is coming out. Next year. Is it next year now? Yeah, they were going to do it this, like, in November or October. But because of the Delta variant, they mm-hmm. wanted yeah. to push it back. Anyways. Bummer. Anyway, coming in at number three, Hocus Pocus. Hmm. Okay. I, I do have to appreciate that it's still in your top five. The thing is, and is that you, you, sit you don't down. believe it, but even before... Before we met, when I was a kid, I used to look forward to Halloween back in the days of not having on-demand and just having to wait till Halloween to mm-hmm. watch this movie. When it was on Disney Channel, I would watch it, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. And maybe it was because Sarah Jessica Parker wore that low-cut top. <laughs> Thanks. That was when I was a kid. My taste had matured. Anyway. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, all right, we get it. Regardless. She is pretty, though. Anyways. She used to be. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, she's no Rachel Oliver, I'll tell you that. But it is my number three. It might suffer from a little bit of watching it too much, <laughs> but I still, I don't hate it when it's on. Okay. And I, actually, I more than not hate it. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. You do sit down and watch with it. Yes. Watch me. Absolutely. Watch it with me. Number two, Beetlejuice. Okay. This might be the scariest movie, quote unquote, mm-hmm. on my list. Okay. Just because of the creepy stuff. But yeah. I love it. Um, Michael Keaton is the man. He is also, sidebar, the best Batman. Fight me. I don't <laughs> care. If you have any qualms about who the best man, Batman is, you can email us at the four seasons pod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your opinions and why you're wrong. <laughs> Number one, Ghostbusters. Okay. Okay. The it's it's so classic. It is so classic. Bill Murray is a legend. Dan Aykroyd is a legend. Ernie Hudson is a legend. I mean, it is a it's good. And uh, of course, and oh my gosh, I did it again. I did it last week too. What? Harold Ramis. Oh. Harold Ramis' name escaped me for it escaped me longer last week. Yeah. He, legend, mm-hmm. and, and so rest in peace to him. Just for absolute. Oh, and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And I am so sorry, honey. I shrunk the kids. Um, oh. I will, Yeah, I know. I can't think of his name right now. That's, that's, that's bad podcasting. That's bad post- podcasting, but we will figure that out. Yeah, but just a just a group of legendary actors. It's um, it's just such a great movie, and it really again that movie also plays all the time in our house. Rick Moranis. That's it. Rick Moranis is all, he's a legend for retiring from acting to take care of his mm-hmm. kids too. So, major props to him. Yeah. I, I'm so proud that Preston and David love this movie so much. <laughs> they like a lot of... Classic. Bologna, too. <laughs> There's a lot of bad stuff yeah. they like. This is one I'm like, I am so proud how, of how much my kids like Ghostbusters. David chose to be a Ghostbuster on his own for Halloween. Mm-hmm. What, okay, what he really wanted to be <laughs> was... You can say it. The ecto one. <laughs> yeah. And that that's also pretty impressive that a six-year-old doesn't just say, I want to be the Ghostbusters car. He says, I want to be the ecto one. Yeah. And he could not find an ecto one costume. And he was, he honestly was a little bummed. Yeah. We couldn't find it. But he said, it's okay. I can be a Ghostbusters. Yeah. They're just as good. <laughs> and so, to make him feel better, I'm, gonna, I'm going as a safe of Marshmallow. So yep. it's all going to work yep. out. We will take pictures of that yes. and post it to our social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening but you're not following us, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, we have Simone Biles. <laughs> why? Why uh, are you listening to the podcast and you don't follow us on social media? <laughs> so How are we supposed to get in touch with you? How are we going to direct message <laughs> if you're not following us? So follow us on Instagram. Yeah, 
at the four seasons podcast follow us on twitter at the four seasons pod c follow us on facebook the four seasons podcast email us <laughs> at the four seasons podcast nope Sorry, ooh, I did it. Ooh, oh, ooh. oh, we were talking about too many podcasts back there. <laughs> the Four Seasons Pod at gmail.com. So, any one of those, and not just Simone, but the rest of you guys yeah. too. Uh, Bo. <laughs> Bo, Bo we, put, we both put you on our Fab Five. Yeah. We obviously have a ton of respect for you. I put you as number one, but. <laughs> my mom, my mom. Huge Bo yeah. Jackson fan. And that should tell you something because we are Broncos fan and my mama loves Bo yeah. Jackson. I do know and that. He's a Raider. Yeah. So Bo. <laughs> Bo, you and Simone, both hit, on the show. We hit us up. <laughs> we have two extra chairs at, at the kitchen table. Yeah. So come on down, guys. We'll we'll make our playroom into a studio just for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll bake some cookies. Speaking of. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I can't wait to wrap this up and eat some of those bad boys. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Simone's, you know what, Simone, you've been, you've gone through a lot. You deserve some cookies. You do. You're going to sit down with us and have some cookies, and we'll talk about how hard you dominate right. and how great you are. Yes. And both, same with you. <laughs> well, would you like to wrap that up for our second Fab Five? Yes. Of our spooktacular. Okay, so now we're going to go into our trivia segment. And since we were talking about our scary movies, quote-unquote, or <laughs> our Fab Five favorite Halloween movies, I have a Halloween movie trivia question for you. All right, hit me. Okay. What is the number one grossing Halloween movie of all time? See, now, I would have originally thought it was some kind of family movie. But you tipped your hand a little bit because you said scary movie. <laughs> so it's got to be a scary movie. And I, I got to say, the one movie that sticks out of my head is Halloween. Um, they remade it. I don't... Oh, you're hearing me go through my thought process out loud here. <laughs> um, I... Newer movies beat older movies grossly, mm-hmm. but I think it's just because movie tickets cost more. Yeah. So I want to say Halloween. I really want to say the 1978 one, but I don't think it's that because of how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Halloween 2018, number one highest grossing movie of all time. Wrong. <sighs> it was It. The new... What? New. It what? <laughs> it. It. Um, the newer one. What's the matter, Georgie? Don't. <laughs> I don't like clowns. Just to let you guys know. Nobody he, likes clowns. And he does this voice all the time. And it gets me so upset. Anyway. Would you like a balloon? Stop. So it's it. And it. It's you, it. It's it. Do you want to take a guess at how much it made? Oh my gosh. For a fun fact. Um, I have no idea. Um, 500 million. Hmm. Close, but not quite. Seven hundred million, three hundred and eighty-one thousand seven hundred and fifty-nine. So when you said close, what you really meant was no, not close at all. <laughs> well, the five hundred, seven hundred—that's what I was mostly thinking of. I wish I had the luxury of of thinking five hundred million seven hundred million. What's the difference? I was just thinking the seven and the five. That's it. Yeah. If it's seven dollars versus five dollars, yeah, two dollars, whatever. Two hundred million, big difference. <laughs> Anyways, and that was our Halloween edition of trivia. <laughs> okay, now for our final segment, what we're looking forward to this week. So it's Halloween weekend. Yes, it is. Do you have anything you're looking forward to? Well, I mean, I'm always looking forward to stuff. Of course. Okay. I, this is going to sound weird to say, I'm looking forward to work. On Saturday. That is quite impressive. It's only because 
<laughs> We're actually having a costume contest at work. I don't know if I'm going to win, but I'm going to get some looks. You're very excited for your costume this I, year. I am. I, <laughs> we talked about it before. I'm not a big dress-up kind of guy. Mm-mm. But this one is exciting. Also, I don't want to give too much away because we work with some listeners. Yes, we do. But I'm excited for it. <laughs> and uh, people are going to hate to hear it. I'm excited for the day after Halloween. Mm-hmm. Because it's November first, and that officially starts Christmas season. That that starts our Christmas season in this house. We will tell everyone that we are Christmas fanatics. Mm-hmm. It's borderline obsessive. <laughs> we will be putting up our tree on November first. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like that. <laughs> and we do. <laughs> we've told you the email. We've told you the Instagram. If you had something to say about how early we put up our tree, send it to us. <laughs> we will ignore it. <laughs> Just that specific topic. Yeah. But I'm excited. I, I do. I love Halloween. This year has been mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to taking the boys out trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to trick-or-treating with them in my costume. Yep. And I'm excited for Halloween to be over so I feel comfortable with starting my Christmas festivities. <laughs> that works. What are you looking forward to? Um, I'd say the same thing. Uh, borderline. Um, <laughs> Rich, ditto. And that ditto. was. <laughs> and that was <laughs> our segment. Um, no, I mean, I made cookies with the boys today. They were very excited about it. I guess one thing I'm looking forward to, but again, not really looking forward to, is I can start to take my sling off. Yeah. So, I don't think we've addressed that no. on the pod. Rachel had uh, bicep. Yeah. Bicep surgery three weeks ago now? Mm, yep, it'll be four So she's doing up. all this with one arm, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the talking part, it's easy to talk with one arm. Yeah. Some people talk with no arms. <laughs> but what's r- really great is how much work she's been doing. You know, it's kind of funny and sad to see her kind of T-Rexing the, the, the computer and, but, and, and I already have short that. arms as it is yeah. but yet with a sling um, but yeah she has been recovering really well mm-hmm. people ask all the time how you're doing and I tell them she's doing great I'm kind of worried because then she'll go back to work and she won't be around me all the time yeah. we're so in love yeah. I'm not looking forward to. I am in our. I'm not looking forward to saying. That I'm not looking forward to going back to work. So I'm honestly not either. But I am able to start taking off my sling. I'm nervous because it will still probably hurt. Yeah. But I still have some freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I broke my leg when I was in the second grade, and I remember how dreadful it was, and. I told you the other day when I was itching my arm, I was like, this feels just like back when I was in a cast. Yeah. <laughs> and showering and seeing all the dirt just... <laughs> <laughs> so that is what I am looking forward to this week. But mo- again, mostly Halloween and starting our fun festivities for the rest of the year. Yeah. So anything else? No, I think that is it. Mm-hmm. Guys, that was our Halloween spectacular. Yes. That was, I, I gotta say, that was a pretty great show. I think so. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for sticking out with us. And yeah. Thank you for everybody who's stayed till the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we had a lot of fun recording this one. Yeah. Not one, but two Fab Fives. Yes. That's ten fabs. <laughs> right there. For those of you counting. Ten fun facts that you found out. When, I guess not fun facts-ish. Ten fun things you learned about us. Yeah. What are... I don't think that is actually exactly... We're rambling yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's like we're incoherent. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, from the Four Seasons Podcast, I'm Mike Oliver. And I'm Rachel Oliver. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time.